You may have picked up that it's Advent today. It starts. It takes up the four Sundays leading up to and including Christmas Day itself. Now, uh, one of the things people do in preparation for Christmas for Advent is that they set up a nativity scene. Often they're in miniature, but sometimes they can be in life size. And nativity scenes help us focus on the meaning of Christmas. This morning, we're going to look at three different nativity scenes to see how this all works. The first is controversial, and the second is taken from our own nativity scene, and the third is as a typical nativity scene that you would find in any family. So the first nativity we're going to have a look at is called the hipster nativity. It's a little bit on the controversial side. What do you think? Do you like it? Or maybe not? Let me walk you through this modern take on the nativity. You will notice the barn animals are labelled organic and they are eating gluten-free feed. Do you see the solar panel on the stable roof? The wise men are there, but they are riding segways and carrying Amazon packages. Inside the stable, we see Joseph and Mary, but Joseph is taking a selfie while Mary is clutching a coffee cup and pulling the peace sign. Do you notice anything that hasn't changed? Yeah, the baby Jesus. They have purposely kept the baby Jesus authentic to the biblical story. He swaddled in a manger between his parents. Now, love it or hate (laughs) this particular nativity scene, I appreciate the fact that Jesus is rightfully at the centre and that Jesus being historically accurate sets up quite a helpful contrast with the modern characters. Yeah, so there's a hipster nativity scene. The second one is, is our own nativity scene. This is far less controversial. If you haven't seen it, it's in the back on the left when you go out. And it's life-size, and it's awesome. And there it is. Isn't it special? Now, on Tuesday at the Rhythm and Dance breakup, after running their normal program here in the auditorium, all of the young kiddies and their caregivers gathered outside in the foyer and they sang Silent Night. Here's a snippet. cool, wasn't it? Well done to Jan and her team. See, that nativity scene was actually quite a strong witness to the young families, who, who many are non-church families, and it, the kid, you might have noticed the kiddies got up and had a wee poke and a look, and it was just very special. It's uh, the nativity scene doing a wonderful job. The third example is, is a family nativity, and it's more the stories surrounding a normal family Nativity set, and it's told by a father of a wee five-year-old, and he tells this story. The boxes of Christmas decorations were brought out from the understairs storage. I had to go out, so the serious work of decorating the house would have to wait until I returned. In the meantime, our five-year-old, nearly five-year-old daughter, Lauren, was happy to play with the nativity set we keep in an old biscuit tin. 
when I arrived home, I noticed that the table was set for dinner and that Lauren had placed pieces of the nativity set at each person's plate. Apparently the shepherds, the wise men, the cows and the sheep would be joining us for dinner. Very cute. However, just then Lauren ran into the kitchen. Dad, Dad, her voice was panicking. Jesus is missing. We've looked everywhere and we can't find him. And she was right. As I glanced at the dinner table, I couldn't see Jesus anywhere. We'll find him, I said, after dinner. I was sure that Jesus would be tucked away under one of the cushions on the sofa or behind a chair. So after dinner, we looked high and low, low and high, under the sofa, in the pot plants, in the Barbie playhouse. We even looked on Lauren's colouring in desk, cluttered with stickers and markers and crowns, and we couldn't find the baby Jesus. And then I noticed, tucked behind the door, Lauren's backpack. Now, like her older sisters, Lauren carries her backpack everywhere she goes. In it, she has all her treasures, hair ties and hats and Barbies, her stuffed kitty, Polly Pockets, little plastic wallet. I decided to look in the backpack, and there at the bottom of the treasure trove was Jesus. Here he is. Jesus was in your backpack, ready to go to kindy tomorrow. Lauren was thrilled and we set the nativity up before she went to bed. The father goes on to write, I've often reflected on the search for our nativity Jesus. I now realise that Jesus wasn't missing an action at all. He was in the middle of the action. His place in Lauren's backpack was where he should be, there in the midst of my daughter's interests and activities. Jesus, Lord of her life. And this is a reality not just for a five-year-old, but for you and I. Isn't that a wonderful insight? Great story. Jesus wasn't missing. He was exactly where he should have been, in the midst of our daily lives, whether it's kindy or school or the family or workplace. Jesus is God with us. And that's why Jesus was given a special name at Christmas. Remember how it goes. Joseph finds Mary pregnant, but not to him. What a scandal. What a dilemma for Joseph. He agonises over what to do. And as we had read before, in the night an angel appears in a dream to reassure Joseph. He reassures Joseph that this is God's work to continue with their plans to marry and to name the wee baby Jesus. And then Matthew one twenty two, Matthew goes on to write this. All this took place to fulfil what was said by the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isn't that wonderful? God with us, Emmanuel. We're going to look at those two names a little more closely. The two names that the angel talked about. The first one is Jesus. Now Jesus is the Greek version of the Jewish name, Joshua. So if you were a Greek lad, your parents might call you Jesus. If you were a Jewish lad, your parents might call you Joshua. It means exactly the same. It means God saves. This name Jesus tells exactly why Jesus came. It tells us exactly what Jesus was here to do, to save us, to save us from sin and death. And Matthew's gospel goes on to say that this is by way of the cross. That's his first name. But notice his other name, the name that they will call him, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Staggering, really. You see, up until then, God had been present with his people, 
by the Ark of the Covenant in the temple. And so the Ark of the Covenant was actually a box. It was a wooden box about this big. It was overlaid in gold. And on either corner of the box was, uh, was a gold angel, two gold angels that were facing inwards that had their arm outstretched looking at the centre of the box. And just above the box, between the arms of the outstretched angel, was the Shekinah, the presence of God, resonant, God with us. And this Ark of the Covenant was in the temple in the Holy of Holies. And only one person could see that once a year, and it was the high priest who went in to offer a very special sacrifice. So that was God with us in the temple, restricted. Unfortunately, about 500 years beforehand, when the Babylonians came in and took over and defeated Jerusalem, they burnt the temple down and they took all of the treasures of the temple back to Babylon. And since that day, the Ark of the Covenant has been missing. No one knows where it is. You can go online and there's all sorts of conspiracy theories and ideas, but no one knows where the Ark of the Covenant is. God with us had disappeared from Israel. Now, by Joseph and Mary's day, they had rebuilt the temple and it was even more magnificent than before. But the Holy of Holies was empty. There was no God with us in Joseph and Mary's day. And so, this is staggering what the angel is saying. He is saying, this child will come and will be God with us. Not in a box that's hidden away in a temple, but in a new and a wonderful and a most surprising way. God with us was not going to be between the wings of two golden uh, angels above the Ark of the Covenant. God with us was going to come as a wee, helpless baby. And this baby grew to be a man and went about his father's business until that first Good Friday the day that defines all human history. On that day, God with us was beaten and mocked and lashed to within an inch of his life and nailed to a cross. Why? So that he might live up to his name, Jesus. God saves. You see, our sins were nailed to the cross with Jesus. The punishment we deserved was put on him. His blood has cleansed us and given us forgiveness and set us free. The work of the cross is our salvation. Jesus, God saves. But there's more to come. For after that first Good Friday came Easter Sunday, and Christ was raised from the dead. And all who look to him, who believe that he is raised from the dead, and ask him to be Lord of their life, they become born again. And do you know what happens when you were born again? The Holy Spirit comes to live within you. Emmanuel, God with us, is in us when we look to Jesus by his spirit. It's amazing when you think of the temple and all that centuries of history has now been replaced by the baby Jesus who went to the cross and now God with us is with each one of us when we look to Christ. And so these nativity scenes remind us of this very fact. The place the baby Jesus had at the centre, rightfully so, with all the characters and supporting roles. And as the father of the wee five-year-old reminds us, the real reason Jesus came was so that he could be Emmanuel, God with us. 
Not just at Christmas, though he is, and not just on church on Sundays, though he is God with us then as well, but that Jesus can be God with us at kindy, at school, at work, in the family, at work or at play, everywhere. God with us. Not just on Christmas, but on the other 364 days of the year as well. No wonder we have so much to rejoice in. Let's pray.